Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok. I continue to be Joseph Scrimshaw. And I will always be Jennifer Landa. <laughs> I said like a true Jedi. I will always be <laughs> Jennifer Landa. 
Hey, everybody. We're here to talk Star Wars news, breaking news from a long time ago. And that includes some news that uh, I saw pop off last night when I was getting ready to turn on video games, zone out, and just fall asleep on a couch. We're going to throw it all into the news blender here in a bit. Before we do that, I'm going to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, and maybe we should finally read or listen to ourselves. <laughs> a lot going on. Uh, going on. We like to catch up with life for Star Wars Adventures. Jen, uh, you are always out and about in the world, raising children, uh, raising dogs, uh, making magic happen on TikTok. What's going on? <laughs> this week, I finally got my Grogu that I had ordered from Target uh, <laughs> with opposable legs. <laughs> and I was so excited. He's currently on our little uh, sideboard table in our dining area. And apparently... I'm the only one that's excited about him. <laughs> wow, that's good. My kids could care less. They, I'm like, look, look, his legs move. He has these cute little feet. Look at his little body. Like I'm trying to show them and getting them excited. My my seven year old's like, uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and my my three year my three year old's like, eh. And literally five minutes later, they start playing with the other Grogu, which is the more expensive one that mm. you can you know pat its head and it moves and. It moves his arms and makes all these great noise. It's just a little bit more interactive, that one. <laughs> mm. But that's also the one that my three-year-old, like, literally cut his ears with scissors. So oh, that's no. why. Yeah. So I had hoped that this one could kind of be more, like, fun for them to do their imaginative mm. play instead of the more expensive one. But that's not. <laughs> they, not want a... they want more interactive Grogu. As They're acting out, out of, uh, of Reservoir Dogs. Uh, cutting the ears off. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. So, but I am going to go to Build-A-Bear and I'm going to go get Grogu a new outfit. I'm going to give him a makeover and I'm going to try and make him more enticing for, for my kids. I think they're just kind of over it because they have so many Grogu's. They're like, yeah, another one. Time's moved up. That that, that's what I was wondering is like, are they like, oh, mom, Grogu's been over merchandise. Will you please get us an Andor plushie? <laughs> they're yeah they're showing me with with their response to it i mean we don't have that many but we we do have quite a few grogus so i'm gonna i think i might like get him mm -hmm. a cute little dress or something or ah <laughs> uh, i know the, the i'm gonna record it and i know some people may have some issue with i'm gonna really make him very cute but uh, i don't care no this is what i want to do this, uh, you, you said you will always be Jennifer Landa, and what you're describing right now is the most Jennifer Landa thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm going to walk into Build-A-Bear, and I'm going to put him in his little satchel, which is amazing. I mean, it's a fantastic Grogu. If you're going to be Mandalorian, excuse me, if you're going to be the Mandalorian mm. the, this Halloween, you got to have this Grogu. It's perfect. The Build-A-Bear one. <laughs> oh, okay. Are there Build-A-Bear? What, what, what mall do you have to go to to find a Build-A-Bear? They're all, I can't, yeah. Oh, exactly. I had to do some research. I think I'm going to have to go to uh, Glendale. Glendale, to to Glendale, yeah. I think there okay. mm -hmm. used to be one at my old Northridge Mall, and I don't. I think oh. it's still there. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. Glendale it up. Not too many. <laughs> We're talking Valley Talk here, unfortunately. A lot of malls. A lot of malls in Glendale. <laughs> yes, so that'll be my mission this week. There you go. Well, uh, Joseph, I don't know if you were decorating and uh, cuting up your Grogu's, but uh, what's going on over I there? Did. 
Uh, I did not cuten up my Grogu's. The only thing I've done recently with uh, Grogu is I redid uh, my action figure display on my coffee table, and I put the Porg right in front of Grogu, and I didn't mean to, and Grogu's arms are reaching out. So now it looks like Grogu <laughs> is trying to eat the Porg. Uh, so I might need to change that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a good good week for the most part. Um, some ups and in, in downs, definitely, and that was a part of my uh, Star Wars adventure. Friday was a really uh, hard day with some life stuff, and then doing the uh, Force Center live Q and A on YouTube was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really what I needed. It was just like a, a ton of fun. Lots of like uh, great questions, great comments from the people watching. A lot of fun and funny questions, too. So that was just like a, a real bounce into the weekend. So I was really happy for that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I had mentioned on the Q&A, uh, one of the things I did is I finally opened a Princess Leia action figure I've had for five years. Nice. <laughs> uh, because I got bought two of The Last Jedi, uh, three and three quarter Leia. And I opened that on Friday for Carrie Fisher's birthday. And that was also mm-hmm. you know, very helpful when I was having a challenging day. Uh, and then this was one of the weekends where uh, I made a lot of room for my Star Wars love, but also many other things. Uh, this is a, uh, On Sunday was a big Doctor Who episode. Um, I went to the James Bond Bond in Motion uh, exhibit at the Peterson Automotive Museum because uh, mm. it was closing. Mm. Uh, there was a second time I went back because I really loved it, and it was closing on Sunday. So I went back and uh, did all sorts of uh, different uh, genre exploration including Ken, if I may. Mm. Are you okay mm-hmm. if I, I share our, our action figure oh, yeah. uh, story from the weekend? Absolutely. Mm. Please, please do. Uh, so uh, I ran into Target very quickly. My wife was uh, waiting in the car. I was getting just some a- absolute basic needs, uh, but my wife totally knows and is supportive that I'm going to stop in the action figure aisle first. Uh, and I found a, a Boba Fett uh, that, I, that I really wanted, so that was great. And then I saw an action figure of the Baroness uh, from G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. and uh, this they're putting out uh, the great sort of retro style, so they kind of look like they did generally in the 80s. I have never seen even one second of G.I. Joe, but I'm fascinated by the design of Baroness, and I was like, I'm 99% sure that Ken really likes this character. I, I think I remember talking about it, and I just had this overwhelming desire of like, I want to buy this action figure, and if I can actually buy it for a friend, <laughs> that would be great. So, uh I, I was texting my wife about the proper spinach to buy, and I was texting Ken if I could buy him Baroness, and I was really glad that I remembered <laughs> to text the correct people uh, between spinach and Baroness, and I and I did. So uh, Baroness is sitting in the apartment waiting to be uh, united with Ken. Oh, uh, I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it was a great text to get. Uh, and of all the times, you know, we communicate, uh, we just hear each, each other's voice more than anything. I think there's only been one time I received a text that was meant for Sarah, and it was like, see you soon love you honey or something i was like wow <laughs> this podcast is going great um so it's great uh, to great to get that yes can't wait can't wait yeah i'm very excited very excited about that so yeah that was uh my weekend and some of my star wars adventures yeah i've cleared some uh, uh bulletin board space for that baroness figure uh because that's uh, yeah one of my all-time favorite if you want to know why i am often attracted to uh cold distant goth women uh that is it. great grace is not cold and distant but over the course of history. Uh, that's been my life. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, no, can't wait for that. Yeah, for me, it was a big, yeah, the, the live Q&A on uh, Friday was fun. Um, and yes, and we'll say, we we, we we always get asked, when's when's Jen coming on? Jen, we, we, your place is secure there. Whenever, you know, your kids graduate 
college. You can have time to come on the show, but we always get asked about that, but uh, we love doing them. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so that kind of sets the tone. And yeah, it was kind of a Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, Rings of Power discussion I did uh, last Thursday too, kind of that week uh, weekend, spending time in that world. Um, mm. But uh, I did uh, take time to finish my current stack of Star Wars comics, which only means I have to go this week back to Earth 2 and now Sherman Oaks to get the in- next stack of comics that I'll be behind. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the, the, some of the comics hit for, for me more than others. I really, as I said on the live show Friday, enjoy the Han and Chewie series going on right now. But even a, a character that's uh, uh, was wonderful as Afra. I love Dr. Afra. I sometimes think, think the stories are crazy. And and, and if, if Andor is the grounded, gritty version of Star Wars, uh, Afra is the wild, crazy, high fantasy world at times. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the middle of it all, it's just this wonderful character. So it was fun for me to finish that run uh, or get up to date on that. And then I've been keeping people updated on, on uh, we even talked about, I think Friday again, Joseph, uh, my hat, my hat adventures. Um, as everyone knows, for a long time, I had my Imperial Insignia hat, uh, and then I've actually had a couple of them. You know, hats get dirty. Even if you try to wash them, you got you to gotta, you gotta, uh, get a new one, and it was always easy to get. And then I switched my identity. So I just, I just identify as a rebel more, and it means a lot. It's a fun story to tell, but it actually kind of means a lot. This is who I am now, and I wear this wonderful rebel hat I have on, on stage as a, as a stand-up. And that hat, has, uh, it's starting to get there. It's faded. It's a little loose. I was like, time to get a new hat. And I cannot find this hat to save my life. I can't. Oh, no. I can't. It's out. I went to uh, superherogeekstuff.net.com, whatever, out of it, uh, out of it, out of that stuff. You, uh, you know, when, and there's less of those places to do it now. You don't, you know, a lot of the think geeks are gone, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Heroes and Villains doesn't have it. The problem I'm having is I have a big head. I have a large head, uh, it, it, not an ego. Well, you know, we're all in the business for some reason or other right that. Um, <laughs> but I have to special order size, uh, sizes of hats and, uh, this is a, a new era. Everyone out there who loves hats knows it's a new era. Thirty nine thirty, which is a flex fit, low profile hat that makes my head not look as planet size as it is, and I, that is gone. It's out of print. It's out of stock. And then the only one that's place is a Rebel Insignia that's orange. Who wears orange? I can't pull off orange. I can't do it. <laughs> so this week I needed to run outside. And I did not want to wear the hat. I'm trying to save the hat for stand-up stage now, stand-up stage appearances. I pulled out the Imperial hat and I wore it and it felt weird. It just didn't (laughs) feel feel right. And it's not just a story I'm telling a podcast. This is not who I am anymore. I don't know what to do, Joseph Jennifer. I don't know what to do. Anyone have a hat for sale? Um. I, if you, if my wife hears this, she's going to start looking on Etsy because that's what she does. Whenever I go, yeah. I just want a shirt that's just this. She's like, yeah. I'll find it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to try to. Yeah. Jen, can I craft one? <laughs> it, can I, yeah, one I mean, done. you could embroider it, but I, I'm terrible at embroidering. Uh, do some research too. Yeah. There's got, it's got to be out there. Although you're right. The, the think geeks and places like that are no longer in existence and that was a place where i used to get a lot of my stuff mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah i don't know and i like a lot like there's the hero heroes and villains company i have a couple of their items they were a sponsor in jedi council for a while so we, we got sent a bunch of stuff it was great um a lot of it so i'm not talking bad about the company at all a lot of the designs are just too much for me man 
they're too much for me. Like, I don't want yeah. a gold stormtrooper mask, shiny rhinestone <laughs> hat. I just want something subtle, man. A white imperial, a right, white rebel logo. I think yeah. you just also need to just keep saying this when your phone is nearby or go on your phone Ooh. and only Google hats and, you know, uh, rebel insignia Star Wars. Yeah. And eventually the algorithm will be like, finally, we got him. Uh, and they'll start showing you ads for hats. Yeah. That's how I'm finding some of the action figures that I want is that mm. after trying lots of different things, uh, the algorithm finally like, oh, oh, we know how to get him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that, yeah. We're, we're going to find, we're going to figure this out. And then when I find it, when I find it, I am uh, going to order five hats. Right. That's what I should have done when I bought this last one. I should have just. Swipe that credit card, get enough hats so you can have it for the rest of your life. That is right. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's our Star Wars The Life Adventures. Getting into some news here. A couple items we're going to talk about up top, maybe a little less in depth. About what day is this now? About five, six days ago, uh, uh, Deadline reported that Michelle Rejwan steps down as the Senior VP of Development for Live Action Programming for Lucasfilm. Uh, she's returning to uh, a kind of an overall producer deal with Lucasfilm at Walt Disney. As they returning, she'd kind of come up in the ranks as a producer, associate producer for the JJ, working the, her way up there, produced uh, seven and uh, I think credited as nine, and then uh, got the big deal. Uh, so there's not much to the story. There's no replacement. She'll still be working, I think, at the same desk. They're just going to switch out the uh, uh, title card on the door, it seems like. And more information will come uh, from this. Uh, she'll still be involved, still have uh, EP and producing credits on a lot of the Star Wars projects coming out. Uh, just seems like she'll be able to do other things. So any uh, quick general thoughts, if you have it, uh, Joseph, uh, on uh, this one? Yeah, I think this one is the one that generally falls under the speculate responsibly. I don't think it has a ton of meaning for direct Star Wars content because it sounds like she'll still be uh, doing the kind of producing work that she has been doing uh, her, her name pops up a lot in the credits and I think it will continue to obviously. And I think probably stepping back to a producer role just means that she might be able to uh, stretch her wings and do other things under the overall Disney umbrella as well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that there. Um, yeah. It's, you know, there's a list of other, you know, internal candidates that we all think of, uh, you know, uh, big names come to mind. I think someone like Rain Roberts is you have to look at for uh Kind of a, a, to me, kind of a secret weapon of that Lucasfilm uh, development team. Uh, but uh, Jen, uh, any thoughts on her work so far? What you expect? And uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, the nameplate change on the desk. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I mean, yeah, I think that she's just going to have more creative freedom. I mean, I'm sure that she is talking with other with other teams and other creators and saying, oh, I, yeah, I'd love to be a part of that. My plate's kind of full. Well, now maybe her plate is is being able to take on other things. Um, cause you know, as, as with any job, right. You sometimes get kind of tired of just only dealing with one thing and maybe you want to talk about other things. Maybe mm -hmm. you want to tell other types of stories under the Disney umbrella, but yeah, it's so interesting. I just was rewatching Andor the other night and there was her name. So she, I'm sure she'll still be a, a presence amongst our star Wars series yeah. and movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And that could be it as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, changing up. Uh, uh, no, no crime for, uh, you know, uh, going, hey, I, I kind of want to do some other things, too, that aren't related to Star Wars. Can I do that? Can I find a way to do that? Uh, speaking of more Star Wars, this was the breaking news. A deadline reporting the exclusive 
that uh, Damien Lindelof uh, co-writing a Star Wars movie. Now, that's not necessarily new. That that rumor had popped up, I think, March and springtime. We kind of heard that one. I love their stories of he's having lunch on the Disney lot. Uh, <laughs> sure, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I've had lunch there, too. No one thought I was writing a Star Wars movie, I guess. Uh, Damien Lindelof uh, co-writing a Star Wars movie. We don't know the co-writer, but it seems, though, uh, as though they've got a director attached. It is Charmaine Obeyed Chino, who was the director of Miss Marvel for the the MCU series that uh, a lot of people loved. Uh, I'm not plugged in the MCU as much as others, but I heard great things, and that's a good thing. Uh, the reason for this is Lindelof wanted a, a director in early to get their voice into the project. This is the I love this as being kind of referred to as Secret Star Wars movie. It's uh, not in production yet. They are still writing, still developing. Uh, so that is fun. That's good news. Uh, I think uh, now 10 years in uh, to this era, I love hearing all the rumors and all the in-development stuff. I always kind of wait for more, but uh, this is a, a fun story with uh, some great names attached. Uh, Jen, any thoughts on this breaking news for us? I'm very excited because, like you said, I, I mean, I'm not as plugged into the MCU, but I heard great things about Miss Marvel. It's on my list to watch. Um and I like that, you know, Charmaine, she's an Oscar-winning documentarian, first of all. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible. And she knows how to work within the Disney Plus space and kind of work within that framework of a franchise, which not all creators can do or feel comfortable in. She obviously does. So that is very exciting to me because I think that she's ex probably excited to work in Star Wars. Obviously, you know, Damon knows how to create, uh, write a great story. Um, he also wrote Prometheus, mm -hmm. Star Trek Into Darkness, World War Z. Um, so I think together, the two of them, I feel like they're both really hard workers. They're going to put their heads down. They're just going to, they're just going to crank this out. And mm. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not going to be speaking to blogs and whatever all the time. Yeah. I think they're just going to do the work and get it done. And it's going to be fantastic. And we're going to have it in theaters and, Three, four years. Uh, well, yeah, we got the 2025 date, the 2027 date, which, hey, those already have changed, too. Uh, let's mm. not forget a, a pandemic may have upset some of the movie productions as well. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get it eventually. We'll get it. Right. We'll get it. Joseph, thoughts on uh, this uh, breaking news? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this and very intrigued by it. I think one of the, as always, we should probably give our disclaimer that none of their reps confirmed this. Lucasfilm mm -hmm. didn't confirm this. This is, you know, obviously... Uh, a storied trade paper uh, that it, that you, you can probably trust their sources, mm. uh, but we should always say it's not confirmed. Um, yeah. Assuming that it is, uh, I really like some of the things that they say in the article. Uh, one quote in particular, given how proactive execs were in finding a director for this film, this Star Wars feature seems to have the most momentum out of all the films currently in development at the studio. Mm -hmm. Um so for me, uh, I, I, and then there's this other quote. It says, sources uh, add, it was important to Lucasfilm and Lindelof that a director be brought on so that person's own vision for where they see the story headed gets included in the script. That sounds great. That sounds like they're trying to get all of their uh, ducks in a row so they don't have the story of uh, things being in development and then people leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm, yeah. But also, I, I'm really intrigued by the fact that Lucasfilm in general, Kathleen Kennedy in particular, in lots of interviews has been saying, on the film side, we're looking for somebody who's willing to make a commitment the same way uh, Favreau has or Tony Gilroy has to kind of carving out this specific bit of storytelling. And I'm intrigued by the idea that uh, Lindelof, since he was clearly on the project first and was wanting to look for a director, that Lindelof was in first, if Lindelof is, is 
uh, possibly that person mm. for the films. Because it certainly doesn't mm. seem like it's uh, Taiki Waititi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not Kevin Feige. It's not some of the other people who have, uh, have films in development. Mm -hmm. Lindelof, though, might be in the position to go like, yeah, yeah, I would be happy to now I'm not going to write and direct uh, all of them, but I will kind of shepherd these new couple of films and see where they go and see how they're connected. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm really intrigued that if this might be that news and yeah. big, big mites there. Uh, and then just looking at these uh, at these two people, um, Lindelof is fascinating, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because he has a long history in the industry. Uh, he has taken so much heat uh, for the end of Lost. He mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. no stranger to this. Uh, read up on some of his things. He used to discuss the ending of Lost a bunch, and he made a public announcement. He's no longer going <laughs> to talk about the end of Lost Done. because he realizes he's not going to change anybody's mind or heart and soul. He very dramatically uh, deleted his Twitter account as a promotion for his television show uh, Leftovers right before it premiered and has right. never come back. I think he's a creator who understands fans, both the the beauty and the wonder of fandom and also the intensity of it. Mm. So I think that mm. he is somebody who is very well positioned to handle uh, the the storm, both positive and negative, that is Star Wars. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, if anybody's listening and, and really dislikes the ending of Lost, I, I always respect uh, people's opinions. Uh, I think it's one of those things that has become kind of a lightning rod of expectations. Um, and, mm. and that is one of the things that people, you know, dislike about Lindelof. But um, The mm. Leftovers, his television show, was a, it, it, it didn't do amazing in the ratings, but it's a massive critical hit. Yeah. Massive critical acclaim. The most recent thing I saw Lindelof do was the Watchmen series. Again, mm massive critical acclaim 95% fresh on rotten tomatoes mm -hmm. um and, and that watchman show was amazing mm -hmm. um yeah uh, mm -hmm. is a fan of the graphic novel i know there are the 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 headline going around about um the original writer of the graphic novel uh alan moore saying he he was insulted by <laughs> david lindloff <laughs> trying to contact him uh but read any interview ever with alan moore he is insulted by most things <laughs> yes. uh, and he's said since he wrote the graphic novel mm -hmm. <laughs> that he doesn't want anything to do with anybody else's adaptations of yeah he, he, it, it, it's not that's not a super burn on damon lindloff that's mm -hmm. alan moore's position for decades yeah. on adaptations uh sorry I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with uh with this news so I, i'll try to wrap it. it up here go for it <laughs> uh and then uh, just so charmaine uh i i tried to look up the pronunciation of her name i believe it's obey chinoy i'm mm -hmm. sure i'm not getting that entirely correct uh she was one of multiple directors on miss marvel which i did watch and mm -hmm. it was great i really liked it um I saw a couple of tweets already going, oh, all she's done is direct Miss Marvel. And that is deeply incorrect. <laughs> yeah. uh, read the first page of her, uh, first paragraph of her Wikipedia entry. She has a very interesting background, multiple Academy and Emmy award-winning uh, creator, a documentarian, a journalist. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a lot, <laughs> yeah, a lot of incredibly impressive uh, accomplishments a lot of firsts yeah. um yeah but cool. th this is this is my uh, i'm sorry i'll wrap up what's interesting to me about this is looking at what these two creators have been interested in most recently mm -hmm. uh charmaine obey uh, chinois uh, career has 
entire career has been an interest in inequality, injustice, made an animated film about empowering young Pakistani women, won a journalism award for coverage of extremism. Uh, mm, mm. Those are really interesting Star Wars themes and ideas. And The Watchmen, uh, that television show, was not another superhero thing. It was a deep dive on real issues of inequality and manipulated history mm -hmm. because of the television show, the Watchmen, a significant chunk of the population is now aware of the Tulsa massacre uh, yeah. that happened in, in, I believe 1921 that a, a lot of people are not taught and didn't know it, it is an extremely aware show of socio-political issues. You're looking at two creators who have a, a long history of being interested in the Star Wars themes that tend toward mm -hmm. uh, inequality, extremism. I, I'm fascinated to see w what they want to do in Star Wars. Look, I wasn't going to stab you there, man. You hit a passionate uh, strain, and I really uh, think you brought some great information on why this project could be interesting. These two, what they've done individually, Joseph, the last couple of years, but then teaming up and teaming up in Star Wars, we're in Andor season. We see what uh, can happen when Star Wars just directly addresses uh, very important uh, socio-political issues. So I don't think that is uh, something to overlook in this news. It's fun, fun names from big projects, but what's behind it is important. So Jen, I don't know if you mm -hmm. agree with that or uh, have a take Absolutely. on that too. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I think it's just, it just makes it more uh, relevant to our, you know, our world today. And I think it, it makes it uh, sometimes cathartic to watch, right? And it also it's, uh, it just feels m much more poignant. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to these two. I can't wait. Yeah. What a, what a, what a way to start the morning. It, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 yeah. It's also a reminder that uh, we always sometimes joke about it, but but it's it's serious. Like, we're, hey, art means things. Uh, and, and, and we're in an era where even the space wizards and, and the superheroes and the comic books, they mean things. And these are two people that I think have proven that uh, with a wide body of work, but particularly with the last couple uh, projects. So, no, Joseph, I, I share your excitement. Uh, I only express a little cynicism to just wake me up when it hits the theaters. <laughs> it's where yep. I sometimes fall down on all the news, but that's uh, sometimes the cynicism wins. But I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited. And these are two names that have to have a lot of uh, respect right now. So that's yeah. great. And, and I will throw out there as the, my final thought that even with all the big ideas that I think they might be interested in, uh, their work that I'm familiar with has still been uh, fun and pulpy and thrilling and having a sense of humor. So I don't think those things are by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm lo don't forget Lindelof wrote Cowboys and Aliens, one of the greatest movies of, oh no. Okay. No, no. Um, yes. <laughs> a movie I went to opening night. Cause I was like, this is it. Um, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, the Watchmen it, it just by itself is a reason to get excited uh, about what could be coming here. So we'll keep you updated uh, as we uh, look towards this secret Star Wars movie. I'm sure updates will uh, pop up elsewhere. All right, let's get into some of the, the other news stories. Uh, one big one we're going to talk about. And then in the break, uh, we're going to have a special this week in Star Wars history because it's a special week in Star Wars history. Uh, I'm titling this one, Correcting the Andor Numbers. 
So uh, I'll summarize a little bit here. Uh, a, a lot of people probably know what was happening. Uh, demand is the currency of the attention economy. Those are the words that greet you when you go to the website for Parrot Analytics. And over the last few years, the research numbers and insights from Parrot, Parrot Analytics have found their way into many discussions around pop culture and content, including us here at Four Center. When they come out, we look. And I think as you should. It's a new era indeed. Um, but to me, in today's attention economy, the numbers kind of quickly can fuel the hot take economy, which is another <laughs> economy. Um, but what if the numbers are wrong? Last week, it was announced by Brandon Katz of Parrot Analytics that Andor's demand numbers were lagging behind other Star Wars shows. There are admittedly a lot of factors in that, including some wizards and dragons flying around at the same time as this show, <laughs> among other things. Uh, let's not forget She-Hulk was going too. Uh, but that was the headline. That was the headline. Then Katz tweeted out a correction. Uh, he tweeted out and he took ownership, but it was, the corrections are always quieter than the original ones, right? Saying he put the, put in the wrong numbers. This is like a Google sheet error. And though Andor is still technically behind the other shows, it has showed exceptional demand in some cases. Uh, lots to talk about uh, this, and this is also one of what I call those temperature check conversations where it keeps coming <laughs> up, and it's time for us uh, three to uh, check our temperature on uh, this conversation. So what are our overall thoughts on the conversation around Andor's numbers? Jen, uh, we'll start with you here. I think that Andor is, is such a fantastic show, and I worry when the focus is on how the show is performing in terms of other Star Wars shows. Mm. It suddenly be dominates the conversation and it becomes, well, you know, this show is better than this show and, and Disney is ruining Star Wars and Star... I saw somebody was like, the Star Wars brand is dead. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, it just... Je so Jen ridiculous. said what while standing in a Build-A-Bear holding a Grogu? <laughs> what? Looking for a, exactly, looking for a Darth Vader outfit for my Grogu. I'm like, I will not accept this. But, you know, it also makes me worry because I don't want creative decisions to be made because of these ridiculous numbers or when numbers are input incorrectly because, unfortunately, the main headline is the original one, like you said, not the not the mm. corrected one, which landed much quieter. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you mm. know, I don't think that that will happen, but we, we can look at Solo and see. I mean, Solo did well, mm -hmm. it, but it didn't do as well as everyone had predicted it would do. And therefore, the whole conversation is like Solo bombed, which it didn't bomb. And now we're not ever getting Alden Ehrenreich back as mm -hmm. Han Solo. So... Yeah. It, I don't I don't like when the conversation I know that it's a necessary part of our business, but I don't like when the when the conversation is around and or numbers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that there. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, it just seems like not that the nuance is always tossed out, but just, you know, the remake, uh, the, the reshoot money was solo was part of the reason it didn't make money. And it still did. Certain, well, da, 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 we've had that 2018 conversation. But I agree with you there uh, on that one. Then, uh, jo uh, Jen uh, Joseph, uh, your opening uh, your opening salvo on <laughs> the Andor numbers. I'm going to talk twice as fast as normal to make up for uh, all of my uh, going on about the other news. No, uh, I love it. No, my main. Uh, I really agree with Jennifer, and my main gut reaction is that social media misinformation of all kinds is a nightmare. It is a plague to our society. <laughs> we must be yes. on guard to hold back the darkness like Jedi. Is that mm -hmm. too melodramatic? Uh, I feel very strongly about this. In, in um, 2013, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Now I'm like, yes, I will join your army. <laughs> yes, me too. Uh, 
th- at least for me, anecdotally, and it's entirely anecdotal, but from uh, looking under and or hashtags, looking on my own Facebook uh, friends discussion, mm-hmm. this idea that no one is watching Andor is all over social media. Mm-hmm. The incorrect genie is out of the bottle. Can it be put back in? Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't look up how many RTs uh, retweets the the original tweet got because uh, he deleted it, which that's great to not have information out. Mm-hmm. But I could look up the correction. His correction has 79 retweets. Oh right? my gosh. And there are people who are at their normal human day jobs who don't listen to Star Wars podcasts, who just watch Star Wars, and they are sitting there thinking no one is watching and or that yeah. incorrect truth is out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, as we always talk about, it, it's just a really great room. We need to remember that Parrot Analytics is not solely viewership numbers. Yeah. They're trying to be this uh, new paradigm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I will quote again from their own uh, uh, help center, Parrot Analytics, what is demand? That's what their page is. Uh, our system captures how much attention, engagement, desire, and viewership is expressed by consumers for content and talent all around the world. Uh, a graphic list, the kinds of things they measure are downloading streaming, photo sharing sites, video streaming sites, microblogging sites, wikis and informational sites, fan and critic rating sites, social media blogging sites. Um, so the specific tweet was about their viewership, but remember Parrot Analytics is viewing is, is rating overall engagement and demand, not just numbers mm-hmm. of viewers. Um, and, and I don't really doubt that Parrot Analytics numbers are good, but I think the question is, do we want an algorithm of specific types of internet engagement to be the measure of success? Yeah, uh, well said, uh, Joseph, on the numbers and, and what it does and what it means and how, I, look, I, I'm fascinated by the numbers. I think something like this is, you know, I don't, is the word needed strong, but it's it's interesting where they're taking the numbers. It does mean something. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the relation to business, but like, it's weird this one company, and I'm not saying they're like, oh, I don't trust this company, but I don't know. We grew up with Nielsen ratings and it's like, that was the standard and it has to change, but I, I'm with you in this. We have to be careful about it. And uh, I'm not, I don't fully understand what are like all these sources that you're talking about, like, what do they do with it? What, what numbers are they crunching? What does it come out? This is a weird sports reference, but like for years, there's, there's still something called the NFL quarterback rating. And for years, the joke was, how do you figure it out? I don't know. No one, like no one could give you an answer. It was like hmm. this, that minus that divided by this, move this. And you got a rating and a rating that could, uh, that was a, a judgment on your, production skills and talent. And it was always like, well, what is it? I don't know. It's the quarterback, right? <laughs> and I, I, I feel very similar with this where it's like, well, it's the parrot analytics. Well, okay. But what is it? Uh, you know, you're going to wikis and how many people are going to and or wiki pages? Uh, Cause it might be less because there's not look, they're not looking up uh, grand inquisitors invaders and Kenobis and all those kind of things. They're looking up Tim Carlos, which we love, but it's, it's <laughs> obviously going to be a little different there. Uh, so it's not that I, I am not fascinated by the discussion, but it's uh, I am troubled by the speed of misinformation, which is not new. That's not grand, uh, insightful, hot take. It's just something we've been dealing with. And to, and what you're talking about, Joseph, is like, yeah, that becomes the conversation for the, quote, normies. And God, I'm jealous of normies who don't uh, aren't <laughs> in the Star Wars uh, discourse bubble. Because uh, that does fuel the conversations. I hear that all the time. Well, I hear that this. Well, where'd you hear it from? A random retweet, uh, a misinformation, wrong numbers put into a Google sheet, and it dominates the conversation. 
always going to have the business. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the business. It, it, we are all creatives in Hollywood. We understand the numbers and the importance of it. Uh, it's always going to be that balance. It's it, and, and the business is always going to win over the art, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it just kind of, it sucks. It hurts uh, when you see this conversation. And then And it turned out it was a oops, uh, mea culpa, my bad. You know, Jen? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm just, I'm, uh, I really get very frustrated because this show is a hit and or is a hit with critics and with fans. And I, we, I mean, the Mandalorian was a hit also as well. Um, but you know, the thing about Andor that is a little bit different is that it's not as memeable as say yeah, yeah. a Mandalorian with Grogu with either mm. Mando or Grogu. The both of them are very, very memeable with the book of Boba Fett. That was also kind of memeable. And there was also a lot of negative takes. And as we know, the algorithm on, on Twitter mm. pushes all the negative takes up because that's what usually gets the most engagement and stuff like that. So that's kind of what's going to be driving that conversation. So yeah. I, I just, the problem with only looking at these analytics numbers is that it doesn't take, it doesn't factor in all, all the factors when the show is airing, you know, what, what, what is the competition? Uh, why a show is more talked about online, whether people are hating the show or people are loving the show, it doesn't take all these factors into consideration. And then that's where I get really frustrated because then creative decisions are made based on these numbers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I really agree. Uh, Ken, you had this this uh, great question in your notes about the exactly what Jennifer is talking about, right? About the yeah. It, well, it, so even if the initial uh, tweet was grossly incorrect about the viewership numbers, you know, it's mm -hmm. still possibly a little bit lower in viewership mm -hmm. and and probably much lower in the kind of viral engagement that Jennifer is talking about, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And to me, that I, I so agree with Jennifer. It makes sense that the viewership might be a little bit lower than Obi Wan, Boba Fett, and Mandalorian. I know a lot of people in the uh, a lot of people are are tired of some of the legacy characters, right? And that's some of the excitement about Andor. But name recognition is still powerful, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for people to, to tune in to Obi Wan, Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian makes a lot of sense. It, Ken, yeah. as you noted at the top, there is a ton of competition that some of those shows didn't face between yeah. House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, She-Hulk, uh, the general Halloween season where lots of people just prioritize watching spooky things. Mm -hmm. uh, network television kind of has a, a little bit of a fall schedule again, right? Yeah. There's mm -hmm. a lot of competition to actual viewership. Uh, there are people who have figured out, well, it's Andor is mostly an arc, so I'll wait, right? Yes. Ton yes. of reasons that that viewership might be down a little bit. And then I think Jennifer's just hitting the nail on the head about engagement, right? Mm -hmm. If if some of what Parrot Analytics is measuring is just literal tweets, um, they are rating, ranking thousands of people during Obi-Wan Kenobi just tweeting, Anakin is back, OMG Hayden. Yep. <laughs> exactly. As engagement, right? And there are going to be more OMG Hayden uh, tweets than OMG Tim Carlos socks tweets. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. there right. is a reason that people would be engaging with Obi-Wan Boba Fett differently on, uh, on social media. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And, and that's actually, yeah, absolutely where the conversation conversation needed to go is, is were we surprised to hear that the stats have been, might've been lagging on the talk about the first tweet, uh, tweet. Um, no, I, I, that made a lot of sense to me. Uh, all the reasons you both have talked about here. It's a crazy time. What, what a blessing of, of 
bounty of nerd content right now in this fall alone, let alone the last five to 10 years. I mean, uh, you know, if you were a fan of all these properties or at least curious, you had this massive show rings of power, whether you loved it or not, it was this big swing and a long decades long loved uh, IP and, and world. You had the, the sequel to still one of the most watched and in demand downloaded shows, Game of Thrones. You had the prequel sequel to it, uh, which was going to get a lot of eyes. That, that's crazy to think. And then yes, She-Hulk uh, MCU shows are still, you know, the MCU uh, oodles and so, so many fans, oodles of fans. Uh, it just was crazy. And then you have this show um, comes along. Yeah, the Tim Carlos Sox show. Again, listen to our databank dive. We released on Sunday for more on Tim Carlos Sox. And without a doubt, it was uh, uh, from a popular movie, Rogue One. But I don't – Rogue One is never as popular as it has been. I've never – Heard people in general, this is a general statement, never heard people be like, oh, it's it's because of Andor, it's because of Jin. It's just kind of Rogue One that people love, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. is great. I think it was designed to be an ensemble. So you have this series. You have – then the series starts. I can't tell you how many people I've I've talked to who are friends of mine uh, who are like, oh, yeah, I I think that show should have been released in a package of three episodes if that's the way they're going to do it. I'll wait. Um, and I don't disagree with that take. Uh, you know, some of these episodes, the end, and we're all kind of like, give me more. Uh, and that can be frustrating and, and in a good way. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors. We're, we're not saying anything that I think other people aren't thinking. Um, did, did, the, did the correction, uh, even with the switch, did it, did it challenge anything you both, you both thought initially or could just kind of confirm some things? Uh, Jen, any thoughts to just the, the reaction? Did you gear shift yourself? I mean... I was I was kind of surprised that the stats had been lagging and then the correction I was like okay well that that makes more sense but I did still take stock of what I've been seeing online and it is true I don't see as much and or discussion happening online even though it's overwhelmingly positive and and you know my husband's always like what's your evidence you know have you conducted a study no I have not conducted a study I don't have evidence I only have my personal experience and what I will say is from TikTok. Mm-hmm. When I was doing Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian TikTok videos, dissecting this character, how does it relate to the overall canon or blah, 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 mm-hmm. minute long videos, whatever. I was getting really huge numbers. And I think it was because there was a lot of newer fans, a lot of younger fans who were who were getting in, being introduced to, to this lore through mm-hmm. the Mandalorian, through Go- Grogu, and through Book of Boba Fett. I think now, and I mean, obviously there's lots of factors why my numbers are down. Yeah. <laughs> we could go yeah. into a whole episode about that. <laughs> but I do think that not as, as many younger fans might be watching Andor or kind of wanting to learn more about it. Mm. I almost feel like, and I've seen this from a, a, a few friends who are not, you know, huge Star Wars nerds or anything. They're like, I'm going to wait and watch the whole series at once. Mm. They're they're waiting because it is kind of almost like bite-sized pieces. I love it. I mm. love what, what we're getting every week. But for some people, they, they want to be able just to binge the whole thing. So yeah. maybe at the end we'll see more engagement. I don't know. But I can say that I have seen a major shift in discussion on TikTok. There's not as much discussion mm. of Andor. And I'm not sure why. 
Yeah, that's actually interesting to, to, to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit here. We've even noticed at Force Center, we usually get a, a, a larger bump for a Kenobi, a Book of Boba Fett, Mando, right? Uh, you know, or some big breaking Star Wars news. Without a doubt, that makes sense. Our numbers are up with Andor. Uh, they're not as up. So that's why this initial tweet made some sense to me. The correction makes even more sense. Where it's like, yes, no, it's showing exceptional demand. It's just also behind uh, the previous shows because, as Joseph said, OMG Hayden, uh, if you're going by all these metrics. So it does make sense. I've, I've even heard some uh, other um, folks who who do more YouTube stuff, uh, like you're talking, Jen, with TikTok and everything, where they're like, yeah, the, the, the watch-alongs and the reactions a little bit less. And I think that's, that is part of the, the byproduct of having a, a, quote, more adult Star Wars uh, I think a lot of that audience is not the ones rushing to Twitter to tweet OMG <laughs> Tim Carlo. So it's just kind of uh, the correction made just kind of made some sense to me that, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think going back to what Joseph was saying, too, is even if I go, yeah, yeah, no, I, it makes sense. It's lagging. I don't then turn that into a think piece on why Star Wars is dead and other people do. And that filters down to the office. That's where a lot of my frustrations lie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think the we we talk often on on four center about different opinions about how you state your opinion right i'm yeah. i'm an advocate of let's try to state our opinions uh with subjective words i understand if you're a professional critic and you're writing an essay with supported evidence it's a stronger statement i was taught to write that way mm-hmm. taught r- write declaratively speak declaratively because then you have then you support it with evidence yeah. um obviously people can choose to speak about things however they want to and many people choose to state their uh, opinions is is hard facts and uh that is you know what this uh this person who works at parrot analytics did when posting those initial incorrect numbers right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh said uh andor is overwhelmingly lower than mandalorian book of boba fett obi-wan despite the fact that it is easily the best star wars series by far so even the the tweet that was presenting this this uh information which ended up being wrong was encouraging <laughs> <laughs> yes. that kind of let's connect these numbers to quality oh yeah. yes um yes. that's a really interesting thing for us to have opinions about about whether or not we want to do that um in terms of the engagement numbers i really agree with both of you but the thing that is perhaps revealing perhaps unsettling is asking myself how much of engagement is um driven by anger or being challenged right Mm -hmm. um obviously people have much longer emotional investments in um ahsoka popping up in mandalorian season two in obi-wan in boba fett uh, in grogu even at this point right yeah uh so there this question is did i i i a star wars fan have some investment in how are these characters gonna be handled what is their story gonna be are they gonna step on the lore of a new hope uh, so I think people are engaging on social media by tweeting out mm-hmm. frustrations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going back and forth with one another. I think some of our, you know, the our Obi-Wan report coverage of the individual episodes doing more numbers than our Ander one, I think is sometimes driven out of, I think a lot of people who didn't like that particular episode of yeah. Obi-Wan are right. listening to see like, is there a way in for me to like it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this weird that's frightening to me Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that things cannot be judged successful unless uh, there's a strong agree, disagree conflict going on on social media about yep. it. Yep. But then buried within that is this positivity of like, well, maybe there isn't as much and or engagement just because most people like it and there yeah. isn't a flame war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's some, it's boring takes. 
fine. Mm-hmm. There's some fighting over, uh, you know, a lot of people complimenting and or by being uh, dismissive to the other uh, Star Wars shows. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of heat. There's a little bit of friction. But for the most part, it's just like a conversation when you get together with friends and you have something that you're both really upset about or you're both like, what's going on? Uh, yeah. Everything's great. Me too. Yeah, everything's great. Yeah. What should we talk about? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, yeah, it seems like the 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 most uh, uh you know, hotly debated thing around Andor is is how to love it. <laughs> it seems to be like you're loving it wrong and you're loving it wrong and and uh uh I think some people have some points about what other people do with the show. But yeah, I'm actually pointed that out uh on uh his I think that that was an important part of the story. If even his tweet was like it's clearly better. Well, to yeah. you sport not necessarily <laughs> to other people. <laughs> Do you champ? Yeah. <laughs> Buddy. Is that what you think, boss? All right. Yeah. Get out of here, pal. Like, it, it, even that, I, I, it's just like, just put your numbers in, man. Just put your numbers and leave your opinions out of it. Go start your micro-blogging uh, YouTube uh, venture to, to get out of there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I actually kind of forgot that. That, that rankled me. And it still rankles me, those kind of things. Which, by the way, it's the best to you. That's not the wrong answer, you know? Uh, I, I also had this discussion this week on a, on a big House of Dragon thing that, that might have been tough to watch. And it's like, if it's tough to watch for you, that's the answer. Other people, it's not as tough, and other people need to see it. That's the answer for them. And and that's sometimes where it's like, uh, yeah, the numbers thing, it's it's weird. And, and uh, I do, you know, uh, uh, I, I think you're right too, Joseph, of just like one of the reasons the numbers are down. It, it is fascinating why we have this desire to be like, I hated it. And I must either tell people about that or figure out why, which actually is an honest pursuit. I actually appreciate yeah. that. We've had some people come to us and, you know, oh, thank you for your show. It helped me understand or appreciate Rise of Skywalker. I still don't love it as much as you all. And I still have some, a lot of issues with it, but I uh, see things in it more that I didn't. We, that's why we're here. As long as just, mm-hmm. as well as just celebrating things, we're here to engage with what's presented by this, these pieces of art. Uh, but the numbers are always going to be a fascinating uh, discussion. Uh, so as we start to wrap this up here, throw in any final thoughts you have. Uh, I think we've kind of answered this along, along the route, but I was going to ask, like, what is our current personal relationship? This is a temperature <laughs> check with business and, and the creative sides of the industry. And, and how do we strike a balance uh, do we just toss the numbers out? Do you believe the numbers? Where do you go? Even in your own work, Force Center, Star Wars, Jen, uh, TikTok, where do you go with numbers? Oh, my gosh. You know, it reminds me of Yelp because sometimes you can find a business and a lot of the people are complaining. And oftentimes people take time to write a complaint that they have, but they won't take time to share what they love or how great something was, right? So if people are enjoying Andor, like like we're talking about, and, you know, like Joseph was saying in the conversation, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Okay, what else do we talk about? I, I think... I don't I don't know what to think anymore, to be honest, because I'm all about sharing, sharing my enthusiasm. We're here to celebrate Star Wars. And if that's not like this, this is the best of the best. Come on. Like, how are we going to allow these these silly numbers to to say that this show is not phenomenal? Do you know what I mean? Like, that, yeah, yeah. like it takes away from the art of it. It takes away from the from what why we love Star Wars, why we want to watch these TV shows, whether it's Game of Thrones, Rings of Power, whatever, it moves us. It makes us feel something. That's what art is. And if we're like, well, it doesn't fit with the numbers, I'm not good. Mm-hmm. That becomes so cold and analytic, and it's just not what art is about. Mm-hmm. And it, it worries me, especially in this day and age where shows get canceled. 
so fast, like at least, you know, for, for, uh, the big networks, right. They just, because they're like, Oh, there's no engagement. Oh, the numbers are low for the second week in a row. We're going to cancel this show and not show any more of the episodes. It, it worries me. I think we got to give, you know, these shows time to breathe. And I don't know. I don't know what to think guys. Yeah, it, it, look, it's an era that could easily spin off into to personal, uh, uh, you know, views on our own work, not just here at Force Center, but I, I think it's fascinating, and it, because it is a different era, this parrot analytics thing is is some, just the concept of it is is fascinating to me. But it is a, a brave new world, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad new world. It's just a brave mm-hmm. new world we have to navigate. But even the conversations, I've always believed. You have to, you know, general audiences is where you're either going to make your money, you're going to succeed, and either, you know, as a stand-up, I know some jokes are for five people, and I hope other jokes are for 100, right? And mm. you choose to do that. And if you hold on to just the five-person jokes, you might not be as successful. I've, I've long – Conan O'Brien is one of my favorite creators in the world. I still get grumpy when I hear his approach to The Tonight Show and how he was asked to change it and he got so stubborn for the art, he lost the job. And I'm always like, but you you weren't doing 130. You were doing 1230. You're doing 1130. So there's a business side that I do agree that needs to be taken care of. But we are in a different world where, you know, um, you almost have to, you know, uh, we could easily do a uh, reaction show channel where we just sit down in front of trailers and go, ooh, and get a lot more views. We choose to to go a little deeper. Uh, we choose the, what we want to talk about. Uh, Jen, you stumbled on. I I I wrote the book Why We Love Star Wars. I almost owe money to my publisher for lack of people buying the book. If I wrote Why We Hate Star Wars, I'd be in a mansion. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Mm. It's just where we are. Uh, Joseph, uh, you know, you, you, you take us home here. You have uh, been doing this for a long time. You know that uh, the battle, the struggle, ticket sales, and how that can uh, translate to how people view um, your art. And it's part of it, and we're never going to shy away from it. We understand it. Fascinated by the numbers. But when you think about all this, where you go right now? Yeah, I will go back to Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, when I was very, uh, very young and uh, just starting out in doing creative endeavors, I read uh, his later autobiography, Why Me? Uh, and he had a quote in there about uh, talking with his uh, his uncle and his father, the Will Maston Trio, where he started out in, in vaudeville mm-hmm. uh, and them teaching him, kid, it's show business. There's mm-hmm. show and there's business. And I was like, ah, that stuck with me. Yeah. And I have uh, wrestled with that throughout my career uh, doing theater. You can really feel the business because if there aren't people in the theater while you're making your jokes, uh, you feel that in your show. Um, I deal with it in a different way right now. I'm actively uh, pitching things in Hollywood and I have heard, friends have heard, we love this idea. This is a great idea. Uh, We need something to make it safer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always, I think, the way the industry has been on the business side is uh, what is our metric that is going to make things make us feel like we're going to make our money back because it's a business, you know, mm-hmm. in, in older days, it might have been, you know, a specific star. Uh, and then it might have been in the early part of streaming. Maybe it was that's really going to drive subscription numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're into is that going to drive engagement? What does that mean? But I bet Parrot Analytics is getting to the point where if somebody can point to like, hey, I have um, I've got this uh, star, this young star attached to my project. Look at this star's parrot analytics number. This star can't appear on screen without people tweeting and blogging up a storm. That mm. is just the latest iteration of something that is going to make a business investment uh, feel safer. Yeah. So 
for me, there's a part of it of like, as it has always been, so it shall be. Mm -hmm. It's a business. But then there's also like every time there is a kind of a change, you do have to think about what are we, what are we, what, what Frankenstein's monster might we be creating, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, so, I so agree with Jennifer. To me, it's, it helps to separate the show and the business. Uh, the show should be about humanity. It should be a group of, of humans sharing a story that comes from their soul to see if it affects other people's souls, e- even franchise stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all have a relationship with Obi-Wan, but what of Ewan's soul is in that? What of Deborah Chow's soul is in that? What are they? I've, I've felt this as Deborah Chow. I'm trying to put it on screen. Do you feel that too? Does it, mm-hmm. does it make us connect? That's what a story is. Mm-hmm. And stories have to get through the business in order to make that connection, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Stories are not products, but in order to reach a lot of people, they have to be sold like products. Uh, so uh, in one, on one hand, it's, yep, this is the way it's always been. But the thing about the parrot analytics that's intriguing to me is, uh, uh, is social media engagement the way we want to measure value? Um, yeah. Because I think we're in this moment right now where it's really helpful to remember that streaming services are changing what they want. They used to want subscriber numbers. Mm-hmm. Netflix just announced, we're not even going to report on that anymore. They're, new, they're announcing ad-based tiers almost every social mm-hmm. media. So mm-hmm. are, they, are we back to viewing numbers? Is it merch sales? Is it winning awards? Uh, is it building brand loyalty? I think some of the streaming services don't know what metric they're going to use to tell their investors we're kicking ass right now. Yep, yep. yep. So then Parrot Analytics slips in and it, they, I think, are accurately reporting the numbers. But are those the numbers we want to use? And, and I, I, will, I will close my rant by just reminding people of Morbin Time, if people don't know about Morbin Time. <laughs> you guys know about Morbin Time? Uh, no. yes. <laughs> yes, but please. Uh, so the, the Jared Leto Spider-Man spinoff Morbius came out. It, it, it was disliked and it did not do well at the box office. Uh, I don't know the entire history of the meme, but a meme got going that in the film uh, or maybe in a sequel, Morbius was going to say it's Morbin time. It was a (laughs) joke that exploded on social media. And I think perhaps reacting to Parrot Analytics or something like Parrot Analytics, I I admit I don't know the full story. uh, Sony re-released it and it bombed again. Oh my gosh. But now it's on Netflix and it's doing great. Whoa. Mm-hmm. because Whoa. people because it's not because it's a story that connects to people's soul and they're deeply moved by Morbin it's a fun pop culture punching bag mm-hmm. and analysis like Parrot Analytics is reflecting that there's something powerful about Morbius but it's not capturing <laughs> that here, here, here's a story full of soul that is connecting to people's souls there's something else going on it's fun mm-hmm. the joke of it is fun but is that what we want to make. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. The, the Frankenstein monster of all. I love that take on it. You got this, you got these <laughs> re-releases, you got uh, uh, people taping themselves in theaters, uh, reacting to end credit scenes. And that's all the conversation I saw this week. And not about the oh content. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a different discussion. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I think all three of us have some uh, passionate uh, <laughs> investment in this conversation. I think more than I even thought. Uh, I was just like, yeah, here we go again. But yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm someone who's had to shut down many projects because ain't nobody watching. And that sucks. Mm. And it sucks when I feel I'm doing uh, some of my best work, but no one's watching. You have to be aware of it. But 
Uh, I really agree with the bigger conversation, especially that thing you said, Joseph. Uh, these streaming services, I don't even think they know what the measure is. Uh, and that's why a company like this emerges and suddenly it's treated as cold, hard truth. When maybe it isn't. It's only part of the story. But what remains is this. Andor, pretty darn good. And we'll keep breaking it down. <laughs> Episode 8 coming this week. All right. We are going to take a quick break. On the other side, no news. It is this week in Star Wars history because, oh my, this is a big week in Star Wars history. But before we do that, we're going to have a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do you have? Uh, Force Center listeners, say it with me. It's Padawan <laughs> by Kirsten White. Perhaps the book that we have been promoting the longest because we are so behind on reading it ourselves. But, of course, if you'd like to listen, you can get this great audiobook. You can get this great audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash force center. Get your free audiobook today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. I've gone as far as to move it into my bedroom and put it next to my bed. <laughs> Grace is out of town for about three, four days, which means I get about an extra half hour of sleep in the morning because usually I have to wake up first and feed the dogs, all that stuff. I can do that. A little. I was like, I'm going to do it today. No, I almost didn't make it to four center on time. All right. We're going to get to it. No reading here. Quick break on the other side this week in Star Wars history. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to, I almost said Star Wars Rank for some reason, because my mind is just uh, befuddled and confused, all these numbers talks here. Now, this is Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar story of our fleet, looking at Star Wars news and breaking up a little bit different this week, because uh, I remember uh, earlier in the year, Joseph, I think we even kind of put it on our, our brains. We're like, oh, we should do an episode about this. And yeah. uh, time has moved so fast. I got the old Star Wars app out and did my This Day in History. I was like, oh, oh, bleep, that's this week. <laughs> totally forgot. So uh, this might be uh, the first of a few times we discuss it here. I guess maybe some questions coming up about it, too. Uh, on October 30th, 2012, it was a quiet, ordinary day when suddenly news broke that the Walt Disney Company had reached an agreement to acquire Lucasfilm. Drop your phones. What is going along? Along with that announcement uh, came the additional news that new Star Wars movies would be coming our way. Oh, my God. We got new Star Wars content. Ten years ago, the Star Wars world changed forever. Let's look back at this momentous occasion. I want to spend a little more time discussing this. First, I want to set the scene. Oh, we do that on our Ander reports and Kenobi reports. Set the scene. How are you watching this? Well, how did you take in this news? Jen, I didn't know you then. Where were you when you heard this news? I was on Twitter. I'm uh, And I had to make sure that it was verified because I was like, what? Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I had gone to Star Wars Celebration that year in Florida and so this was a few mm. months after that, or several months, I can't remember. Uh, and so it, I was still on that high of mm -hmm. being around Star Wars fans. And this just was like an explosion of just, oh my gosh, we're going to get even more Star Wars stuff. Incredible. So mm -hmm. yes, I was on Twitter that day. Yeah, uh, mm. Twitter indeed. Joseph, I had not uh, gotten the pleasure of meeting you yet. Still two years away from that. Uh, but this announcement kind of has something to do with that. So where were you? Yeah, yeah. I hadn't met Jennifer, but I think I saw Jennifer on a on a panel that Bonnie Burton did at San mm. Diego Comic Con in like 2011. There you <laughs> oh go. Gosh, wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. Um, and I believe the Death Star dress. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I I was on Twitter as well. This is this is a great joke uh, that I'm sure other people have made uh, that I've certainly made multiple times. Of like, you know, you, you used to you know ask your your 
older relatives, where were you when X happened? They'd be all these varied things. And almost the rest of his, <laughs> where were you? I was on Twitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's actually, it's, it's, uh, I was, uh, sitting in my living room in my house at the time in, in South Minneapolis, uh, probably trying to get some writing done, but also just messing around on Twitter because I was super active on Twitter at the time. Mm. Uh, and I was sitting in a very specific chair. It was a chair that we had bought to be a Santa Claus's chair for a theater show. And then it just became part of our living room. We brought it here to Los Angeles. And then in our recent remodel, we were going to get rid of it. And then I was kind of feeling bad about it. And then I remembered that's the chair I was sitting in. (laughs) I found out (laughs) Lucas sold to Disney. And I just said to Sarah, like, I can't. It's got to go in the storage room. I can't, I can't get rid of the chair. That's the Star Wars chair. It belongs in a museum. Exactly. So that's literally physically where I was. Wow. Uh, yeah. For me, 2012, I was working uh, as the, at the time, the assistant director of public safety at the Northridge Mall, sitting in my office. I remember that dumb polo shirt I was wearing and the pants, the sensible work pants I had on. Um, I remember it all. And yeah, on Twitter too, because it was definitely a different time for Twitter. Uh, good, bad, and otherwise. It was a different time. And I just had it up on my screen. And I had been a month in. I was only a couple weeks into uh, producing the Schmoes No Movie Show podcast uh, for my pals, uh, Christian and Mark. And oh we had, mm. I, I want to say it was, it was a Thursday. I'll have to double check. I think it was a Thursday. Uh, can Google Calendar have me go back that fast, that quick? I don't know. The reason I say this is that night, our guest uh, on the show was uh, my friend, Matt Mercer. This is a couple years before Critical Role was Critical Role, but Matt was coming in, uh, Tiffany Smith, the co-host with us, and we had a whole yeah. bunch of conversation planned. And I remember I had to send some furious texts. We have to talk about Star Wars now. And not only is the excitement, what you guys are both describing of, I couldn't believe it. Uh, popped mm. up on Twitter and I was like, wait, 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 what, what is, what is going on? Um, yeah. One of the reasons was in 2011 or so, I had this uh, silly idea to write like a Star Wars spec script. This is when I was really still focusing on screenplay writing. And one of my friends was like, why? They'll never make more. Mm-hmm. And I went, you're right. And by the way, that idea would not have worked and I'm glad <laughs> I'm not writing Star Wars. But um, I just, that was part of it. of like, but I was told they'll never make more. <laughs> We told it was done and it's not done. And it felt amazing. But also the, the, the reason I mentioned the, the podcast producing story thing is that I think it, it changed from then on, uh, like, mm-hmm. like the news conversations, the breaking down the news and having giant news to talk about, uh, yes. and speculation all began that night or that week, at least on our show as well and changed kind of my career trajectory. And, you know, my interests have changed and, and waned over the years in, in discussing that kind of stuff. But it all was kind of wrapped up. That's kind of the memory for me. Yep. Mm. And uh, I don't think I, I think I just started to see this. Jennifer Landa had YouTube videos. That's, <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think I, first time I remember you, you interviewed, interviewed a, a young girl. Do you remember that oh one? My Jen? Gosh. Yes. Darth Soraya. Yes. Mm. Who yes. Uh, pledged to the Sith, right? At Disneyland or something. Yeah. To Darth Vader. She bowed down to him, which at that time was like, what? This what? <laughs> kid is doing that a very uh it was quite a moment she uh, was great i love that there um we've all kind of gone over our initial emotions thoughts and hopes and fears but let's get a little bit specific uh, uh as the rush of emotions subsided and actually the conversation and wondering about movies and hopes and oh my god because i remember even that day someone in my office was like but you don't want disney to buy it look what they did to marvel and i'm like yeah Look what they did to Marvel. I do want that. I do want that. Uh, Jen, uh, where does your heart go? 
you know, I remember being ecstatic because when I was a kid, I actually thought that Star Wars was a part of Disney because uh, of Star Tours. Mm. Um, and also they had a big presence. You know, they had Star Wars weekends at Disneyland. They right. also had the Jedi Training Academy, which is where Darth Soraya uh, pledged her <laughs> bow down to Darth <laughs> Vader. And that was in 2011 that they had the Jedi right. ca- uh, Training Academy. So Star Wars and Disney were very much hand in hand. And I just felt like, oh, thank goodness, we're going to be all right. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to, they're going to take care of the fans. They're going to know how to tell great stories. And I was nothing but optimistic at that time. I was so excited Mm. and I still am. (laughs) Yeah, no, still am. And there's always going to be hits, misses and swings and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about that in a second. Joseph, uh, while you're sitting on that, uh, that old uh, Santa rocking chair, what were you thinking? (laughs) Uh, yeah, it just, I, I think I literally sank into the chair and the news kind of uh, sank in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, I looked it up, it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Um, okay, that would make sense. Yeah, an even more basic day than Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Tuesday. What happens on a Tuesday? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was thrilled. Um, I was more critical of the prequels at that time. Like, I, I still had the things that I loved, but I hadn't kind of let myself fully, fully em- embrace the fact that, hey, you love this large percentage of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you still holding yourself back from just letting yourself uh, love them in, in total? Mm. So I had really thought, like, I know the Clone Wars was going. I had had a bad experience with the movie uh, in the mm-hmm. theater, which mm-hmm. I love now in the context of the whole show. Clone Wars is running. Uh, but I wasn't watching it. Star Wars was really only a part of my life from rewatching movies every once in a while and and making jokes about it, uh, mm. you know, on social media and in stand up. And I really thought it was done like you can. Mm. But I I had this thought. And I think I had this conversation with people of like, I wonder what Lucas is going to put in his will mm. of is he is that just going to be done and sealed or is he going to allow other people to play in his amazing sandbox? And he's gone. I don't know why I was obsessed with that's the only way it could happen. (laughs) Lucas must die. Yeah. Well, because he gave those interviews in 2005 of like, I did it. It's done. I finished the story. Right. When Revenge of the Sith came out. Um, And then he heard about the, the, the live action television show. And I I know for people who are all in, in the Clone Wars, Star Wars was more alive than ever. And I wish I had been there with you, but I wasn't at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was like, I thought this couldn't happen. So mm-hmm. there was that thrill. And then just to, to remind myself, I looked up the actual press release um, mm-hmm. and it said, uh, Miss Kennedy will serve as an executive producer on new Star Wars feature films with George Lucas serving as creative consultant. Star Wars Episode 7 is targeted for release in 2015 with more feature films expected to continue the Star Wars saga and grow the franchise well into the future. Mm-hmm. They announced Episode 7. They didn't announce, they did not confirm in any way that the big three were back, right? Right. But we all thought they were, right? Mm-hmm. And there, I think there'd been rumors and rumblings. Yeah. Uh, it, so a big part of that was, I, 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 am I going to see mm. Luke, Leia, and Han on screen again? So, like, I had this mm. deep emotional reaction, uh, but I was also so obsessed with Twitter and just making jokes. Uh, I tweeted a bunch of jokes, and mm. I, I used the Twitter advanced search to look up my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Whoa. Some of them I'm not uh, particularly proud of, but two I wanted to share because they're they're funny in context. Um, uh, one I, I I tweeted I like it when people preface their Star Wars opinion with "for the record" just in case they have to testify in front of Congress someday. <laughs> <laughs> that one came back to haunt me. Now I'm still talking about it. And then this one's uh, uh, 
I tweeted, I believe it was Samuel Johnson, the 18th century English author, who said, when a man is tired of Star Wars, he is tired of the internet. Uh, (laughs) Which um, has uh, remained prophetic. So, yeah, I I needed to make my snarky jokes on Twitter, but I was over the moon. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things, too, uh, talking about hopes and fears. I I think I, I had that, like, there's no way Harrison's coming back thought, right? And mm-hmm. and that remains one of the biggest, um, uh, you know, kind of surprises, but just kind of like uh, joys for me that, oh, all right, no, he actually did. And, and, and we, we got that in some way. We'll talk about that more specifically. Yeah, with you on that. And, and um, I think also there was an era, an era began where it's like, I was with you too, Joseph. Star Wars meant everything to, to me, as it did you, Jen. But it was like, it wasn't like I didn't talk about it every day. I had maybe a figure up here and there. Uh, I didn't own, I think. I had one T-shirt, a Princess Leia T-shirt that didn't fit anymore and was yellow <laughs> when it was supposed to be white. <laughs> I didn't have anything. And even though I started to get into the podcast game with the Schmoes and everything like that, talking about movies, that was movies, not not specifically the nerd stuff, the geek stuff. And this helped launch that, uh, as I mentioned up top, changing the you know, tra- trajectory of things I, I did. But that was part of the excitement, too. Uh, so I wasn't as worried of what was going to come. It's just like, it's coming. That we're going to have something. That's exciting. And some uh, something I didn't think uh, would happen. Um, if, if you could go back to that day and, and t- tell yourself one thing on that day, time travel, what, you know, all these emotions, all, all this disbelief, hopes, fears. If there's one thing you could say, either brace yourself for something or to stoke your excitements, uh, Joseph, what would you time travel back and say? Uh, I think I, you know, would quote uh, Count Dooku of this is just the beginning. Mm. Um, I think just just telling myself uh, even vaguely about Force Center, that the mm. general uh, discussion realm is going to change the, the way you've been describing so well, Ken, but that Star Wars is going to be an even bigger part of your life mm. and you're going to have room to to make jokes and have fun with it, but also to really dive into the ideas of that. There's going to be room and space and desire for people to dive deep into the heart of the thing that I couldn't predict in that moment. And I'm so happy for. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would, I would tell myself that, um, it's, uh, there's so much coming, get ready, pace yourself, but also, uh, this sounds serious. Uh, but I I would tell myself, especially then this isn't coming back just for you. Um, Mm. and I think that took, it took me a couple of years to understand and adjust to that. I was never, uh, you know, uh, a a gatekeeper or anything like that, but I, I I could have been, I've always said I could have one wrong turn and I'm angry in a car, um, in 2012 or 13, uh, and even 14. So I think that's one thing I would tell myself, this is for everyone, uh, not just you. So Jen, any, any words of wisdom you'd give yourself there? I would tell myself, keep making YouTube videos <laughs> because the sequel trilogy and kind of like the the angry discussion that that started happening, it really kind of scared me away from YouTube yeah. and scared me from wanting to talk about Star Wars and celebrating Star Wars. And I think that that's that's kind of sad because now I'm, I'm trying to get back back to mm-hmm. it. And I think about all the time that I that I shrank away because I allowed that negativity and the, that vitriol to really just like make me feel like, well, I can't talk about this. I'm just going to, mm. 
Uh, I don't mm-hmm. feel comfortable mm-hmm. putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. And we should never, ever do that. So that was a lesson for me and a lesson for all of you kids out there. <laughs> don't, don't dull your shine. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love that. Uh, never stop popping. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> this could be a larger discussion. Maybe we will touch upon this again. But uh, what, are, what have been some of your f- favorite creative wins during this last decade? Man, 10 years of this content emerges in 2014. Um, the speculation began on this day. So what are you, some of your favorite creative wins that uh, you think they've had, Jen? Oh, my gosh. Disney Plus. Disney Plus is a mm. huge creative win. It changed everything. I love the sequel trilogy. But, but you know, we always wanted to get more stories, right, mm-hmm. beyond the the heroes that we knew. And so, well, obviously we knew Boba Fett, but really exploring all these new stories. And uh, it's just been incredible. It's mm-hmm. so much Star Wars content I never imagined we would get. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good thought there, Joseph. Oh, and one last thing oh, I want to yeah. say is that I love that we've also gotten more diversity, yeah, both mm-hmm. in front of and behind the camera, right. which is something that I, I I really wanted and had hoped, and we've gotten it, and we're getting it, and it's really really exciting, and it's it's just opening the door for so many different types of creators. Yeah, the the the, the paths always go forward, and and the roads always need to widen, but we are a long way away from that black and white uh, uh, table read photo, aren't we? Um, yes, we are mm-hmm. a long way away. Joseph, uh, some uh, creative uh, wins for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to limit myself since I've been very passionate this episode. <laughs> uh, and this could be an incredibly long list. I, I really agree, obviously, with the uh, diversity thing. Uh, I think that has great value for many reasons in the real world. But there's also a power to me that one of the core ideas of Star Wars is everyone matters. Everyone contributes. We are all connected. So to see uh, that idea that is in the heart of the storytelling be reflected in who gets to be involved in the storytelling is really powerful to me um Mm -hmm. along those lines and because it's specificity to to uh, myself being lucky uh, to get a different kind of representation and and i say that with the knowledge that i've always (laughs) Mm -hmm. had a lot more representation in star wars than than other people uh but honestly just uh middle-aged and older people matter Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. They've always been there in Star Wars from Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was the mentor. He was there introducing us to Luke, right? Um, Mm -hmm. All these things. But just seeing uh, middle-aged and older Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, uh, now seeing 50-year-old Obi-Wan in in his own show, uh, Mm -hmm. Luthan and Mothma being like, you know, two of the characters we're most invested in in Andor. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for the limited, uh, you know, social media engagement that we get, there's some social media stars uh, that idea that in Star Wars, that Star Wars is a coming of age story, but it's almost more just a constant evolution story that no matter what age you are, you're, you're going through these, these challenges. Um, mm. That has been a huge creative win to me. And then I'm going to only say, share one other and I'm going to uh, highlight old Grogu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, I was thinking about it with, I can't remember what there was some other Grogu. My wife bought some Grogu stickers this week. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> It's it's just the, the the Grogu theme of this episode of our podcast is strong that attaches to the show and the business. You know what? Maybe Grogu is over merchandised. Maybe he has been plastered on too many things for money. Um, that's the business side. He he wouldn't be selling if he wasn't an amazing creation. Yes. The character, the uh, way that we invest in him, the phenomenal success 
of the artists who designed him, the puppeteers and the writers who give him life. Uh, Grogu is a phenomenal, artistic, soulful success. And because of that, he can be merchandised <laughs> mercilessly. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's a creative success first. And I really want to highlight and celebrate Grogu. Yay. I, I you, you, Yeah, we would be remiss if we didn't do that there. For, for me, um, uh, echo a lot of what you're all saying there, but I, I think specifically for me, uh, I'll, I'll just say Rebels in general. Uh, the, mm. It's the first thing out of the gate. I bumped up against it a little bit because of what I said earlier. This doesn't, this doesn't seem for me. Uh, and what emerged is not only a, a show that I think introduced Star Wars to so many people, it never, you could say it was... Um, for a younger audience, it definitely was an animated show on, uh, you know, a Disney XD type of channel, whatever. I can't, can't, was it Disney XD, XD I think, in the beginning? Um, so yes, you definitely, mm -hmm. yeah, you definitely were reminded, you know, you went to commercial breaks and they were like, Astro Blaster guns with real gel. And you're like, oh, yep, this is definitely targeted for younger people, though I do want one of those guns. Um, what, what, it, it never talked down to its tendons attended audience and therefore it uh, grew with its with its audience it affected uh the rest of us and uh i you know i love the sequel trilogies of all every i love everything obviously clearly we celebrate it here but i think rebels did something pretty special we felt that joseph you and i sitting at that panel the mando panel when a lot of that rebels related news at celebration mm -hmm. dropped and you just felt an entire room was like this was our star wars this is why we're here and that was, to me, the biggest creative win. On a, on a smaller level, I always, uh, you're talking about Grogu. I think Grogu's uh, the king of it. I, I think the first one out of the gate for me was BB-8. And mm. I think a lot of, uh, if, I think there was a lot of pressure on creating a new droid. You, you got R2 and 3PO running around and we're going to kind of, you know, R2's taking a nap, right? And, and, and that kind of <laughs> rubbed up against some people too the wrong way. BB-8 is in that trailer. He is, uh, for the most part, practical, not always, but for the most part. Uh, and uh, with that thumbs up, man, uh, we all just had a new space buddy. And I thought that was very key in one of the early creative wins today. I don't want to overlook you, BB-8. Hmm. That's great. Plus you yeah. run oranges, so <laughs> you got marketed too. <laughs> a couple more questions here. Uh, kind of a similar thing, but anything you were pleasantly surprised by? Anything that you might have had uh, cast a little dubious eye towards and then it ended up working out uh, and, and, and you liked what they put uh, put out there for you, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I kind of took your question is a little bit of not even necessarily a specific uh, creation. Yeah, um, I guess yeah. for that, I would say Rebels uh, mm. for all the same reasons that that you said that uh, I wasn't sure about it. I felt like it was uh, pushing pretty hard to be like, hey, if you like the original trilogy and not that prequel stuff, here you go. Mm. And then it, it you know, ended up being <laughs> this uh, great uh, celebration of the entire uh, storytelling uh, yeah. time period with bringing in a lot of elements from the Clone Wars. And I think one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised by is the prequels renaissance. Um, mm. And obviously some of that is just uh, people our age reevaluating, uh, yeah. people who grew up with it uh, coming of age. But the fact that the that the Disney era of Lucasfilm started off a little cautious about prequels and then you mm -hmm. get to Kenobi and it's full renaissance. So that I've been pleasantly surprised by. Um, the novels, it really, because of Force Center getting to dive deep into the novel novels and mm. really feeling like they're all very different, but they all feel like Star Wars and there's great depth to them. That's been uh, a huge win for me. I love that. Jen, uh, quick thoughts on pleasant surprises. I think the the High Republic, even though I still have not dived into it, uh, I think that that is a pleasant surprise is that the the books can take on a whole 
new life um, because it was a big deal when they said that, you know, those books that were now legends are no longer quote unquote canon or whatever. And so a mm-hmm. lot of people were worried about that. So seeing the High Republic really flourishing um, and the excitement around it, I think is a really pleasant surprise. And it makes me want to jump into it mm-hmm. at some point. Love that there. For me, the answer is pretty simple. Live action television. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I, I was always like, no, no way. What are we going to babble on five our way through Star Wars? No, Star Wars is on the big screen. Uh, yeah, I know George wanted to try to do something, but it didn't work. You see, he couldn't do it. Uh, and then Game of Thrones comes along. That that kind of changed my view on TV. And, and there's, believe me, that's not the only show. There was many shows before, but for me, that was with the show. And then it actually kind of created the standards higher. Well, pff, come on, we can't really do that. And I, I, you know, Mando season one doesn't hit for me as strong as it does for others. But you know what? I loved it. And here we are as I'm counting down the minutes to end or episode eight as we're recording. Uh, yeah, I could say it's worked out pretty darn well. And I'm pleasantly <laughs> surprised that I was wrong about the idea of Star Wars on the small screen in a live action form. So that's why I don't run things. Uh, final moments here on this discussion. Uh, you know, again, something we could probably talk uh, more in depth about. Uh, but uh, anything, uh, Jennifer, real quickly here, anything you wish uh, you'd been done differently or handled better over the last 10 years? The only thing would be the Kelly Marie Tran and John Boyega um, you know, problems that happened online and and the racism that they faced. I do wish that that would have been handled differently, but I think it wasn't just Lucasfilm. It was a lot of companies and studios that learned at their expense. Um, and now going forward, obviously, studios have a different way of handling it. But I, I do yeah. I do feel for them and I'm, I feel bad that they had to go through that. Absolutely. I, I echo that. That was going to be kind of my answer, too. And also maybe could they find a way to get ahead of the news cycle? Uh, look at my cynicism towards some of the Lindelof news of just like, yeah, 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 get ahead of it. But that's uh, that's a different conversation. Joseph, uh, for you. Uh, you know, it would have been great to see uh, the big three together in one scene of the yep. sequels. Yep. Uh, it, it does not ruin the sequels for me, but uh, I, I agree. It would have been really great to find a way. And I'm going to stop myself there. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's it. We're going to wrap up our discussion because there's much more discuss about this 10 years can you believe it 10 years man october 30th 2012 we're out of here today uh here's where you can find us we're on twitter at four center pod facebook page at four center podcast we're on instagram and youtube as well we are found a lot of places uh apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. just search you'll find us merch available tpublic.com slash user slash four center and you can support us directly at patreon.com slash four center follow me at ken Napsock. go to my website kennapsock.com for more information jen where can they find you you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa. I'm also on TikTok at Jennifer Landa 1138. But right now I've been posting weekly and or reviews on my YouTube channel along with some other things at Jennifer. Uh, what is it? YouTube.com slash Jennifer Landa. And Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Not social media. I don't know what that is. On social media, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok is uh, at Joseph Scrimshaw. And like Jennifer, I'm posting more on YouTube. So you can just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. That's it, my friends. We'll see you next week here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.